welcome to the Agency Thinking Podcast Season 2, where I'll be talking to a range of folks who support agencies across their specialisms. So that's freelancers, contractors, consultants, and getting a viewpoint from them about what makes an agency tick, as seen from the outside, and uh, an understanding and discussions and a chat around the whole agency ecosystem. In this episode, I'm talking to Gemma Teed. Gemma is a dedicated uh, planner and brand strategist. She's worked for a range of agencies, primarily in the north, but also more latterly down in London. Uh, Gemma is a long-term freelance and has loads of experience about all things uh, agency collaboration and the whole ecosystem. So lots to talk about in this episode. Away we go. So just for an intro for anybody who doesn't know Gemma, um, uh, I've known Gemma for, for quite a few years now, and Gemma started or, or, or certainly has been working for um, Northern-based agencies initially for maybe the last 20 years. Uh, at one point at the wonderful, as was Poulter's, the largest independent agency outside of London at one point was always the kind of yeah, claim. I think, we, I think we hit 175 people. Yeah, which it was not it was a really big one because there was obviously guys like McCann, but that was a networked agency. Mm. So Poulter's had that crown for quite a while. Uh, and then you were at Brahm or as it became Brass. Yeah. I see that, not going into a side conversation, I see that Brass is sort of still around, but somebody else has bought the trading yeah, name. Yeah, I think says. File under that one under it's complicated. Yeah, I think it is complicated. So Brahm as was and Brass where, you know, uh, where you were working. Uh, Bloom, J-Wing in Leeds. Yep. Um, as head of planning, and then um, latterly for quite a while, I think as a as a consultant, as a freelance strategist and planner. And when we were talking before, I liked your phrase in terms of um, whatever we are calling it this week. Is that fair to quote? <laughs> so it's like all these job titles, isn't there? I mean, do, do, why? Actually, we'll stop there in a second. But I'll just say um, you're also a visiting professional for um, Leeds Arts University Creative Advertising Degree courses basically showing that you know your stuff and it's brilliant that you're helping the talent of tomorrow, as they say. Well, it, cool. the faculty are really brilliant at bringing professionals in to the degree. Right, that's good to So hear. the students are getting kind of real-life constant feedback. Can we just come back to that term then? Because that, that caught my eye, <laughs> kind of whatever we're calling it this week. Is that, do, you, do you always find it hard either for yourself to encapsulate or, or agencies particularly? Don't know whether to call you a planner, a strategist, a, a marketing consultant? What is that uh, phrase? In the strategy world, you can define the two, that planning is what happens inside the agency to the strategy. And strategist is what the clients need to help them figure out a path for their brand. Yeah. However, outside a tiny little bubble of planners and strategists, the two are used almost interchangeably. Right, yeah. So people do swap the terms around. Mm-hmm. How would you describe, I, I, I'll, um, I'll check back later on just out of curiosity on your site. I think on LinkedIn you are a planner. Is that yes, yeah. Yeah, that's pure SEO playing the game. Right, okay. well, nothing wrong with that. You've got to be found, haven't you, at the end of the day. Um, on that, and again, slight divergence from one of the main questions I want to sort of cover off or areas to cover off with you. Do you find a lot of your um, work now comes through referrals because people know you out there in the sector or in the, in the industry? Or do you, do you get occasional leads fresh from LinkedIn how does that work for you I mean I freelanced before Bloom for six years and then went back to Bloom and then went oh actually no freelance suits me better now before Bloom it was all people who knew me I'd been fortunate to work for big agencies and I had a local reputation 
And it was lovely that I got called back in based on people who'd experienced my work. Um, This time around, I'm finding a lot more. I have, for example, big agency internal recruiters trying to find bodies to fit a resource need they they have. The timing thing's interesting because up here it tends to be, can you do a few days? Can you do a week? Can you work on this project? It might take eight weeks, but it's part-time. With the bigger networked agencies, particularly I'm starting to do a little bit in London, I've found that it's much more we need you for three weeks starting next Tuesday. Right. So that's, wow. That's hard, isn't it, when it's really short notice? Um, and do you think, I mean, we're, we're talking about all, all, all things kind of agency ecosystem. Do you see that as an issue sometimes that um, agencies that are 100 miles an hour, as we both know, mm-hmm. that they're very often, um, for whatever reasons, almost assume that the <laughs> specialist partner they're going to bring in, consultant or contractor or, or, or freelancer, is almost ready to, to jump in tomorrow and block book for three weeks. Absolutely. And um, that kind of brings me on to something which I think we, we've briefly mentioned in discussions before, which is um, the idea that the, the need for some kind of planning or strategic support seems to happen so late that actually yeah. some of the work which could have had a lot of added value from that planning or strategy specialist has kind of been done and that ship has sailed. Yeah, I've, worked on, yeah. Yeah, I've worked on projects where um, all the insight gathering process has been done before I've been brought in to so do the strategy. That's Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be challenging, isn't it? Because it, do you, well, what do you do there? That was one of the, th- I thought that was, I'm looking at my notes, that was the, the key thing to kind of pick up with you because I know you, you sort of mentioned that before, that what does that mean in terms of the ship sailing? Do you, do you have to almost say, no, I need to do some of this again? Or are, is it often because of the timescales involved that you've almost got to nicely put and make do with what somebody else or a team of people have put together? It's really depending. I've now I've seen proposals from clients saying, we need you to do this. This is the methodology. This is how we want all the information gathering. And I've gone, no, not interested. That's wrong. Right. And you, you, I've already told you it's wrong and you're not interested. Yeah. That's not work that's going to fulfill me. And I'm in the fortunate position of not having to take every yeah. single piece of work. So I've walked away yes. from it. Yeah. Um, in other you know, situations, the account manager says, well, I've done all the interviews. And you, your heart sinks a bit because I'm yeah. qual trained. And I'm thinking, I bet you didn't ask the questions I really needed to know. That's so hard to, to unpick. There's not what you just said, but to unpick from the account handler mm-hmm. to say, well, I can make maybe make use of some yeah. of the activity that's been been done, some of the work that you've covered off, but it needs doing properly from the start. I mean, is that a conversation you have to have sometimes to say, can you get the guys back in the room? Or as you said, has the ship sailed and it's too late? Uh, it's, it's tricky as a freelance. Mm. Do you just say, look, I'm going to make the best of it. I'll do yeah. the best job I can with the insight you've given me. And I need you to know that these are the areas that are missing, but we'll work around it. You haven't shown a torch everywhere. Yeah, but there are agencies I try very hard not to work with now because I know they just don't place any value on that stage of the process. So I can't do my best work if they're not giving me the best materials or the opportunity to go out and get them. That, um, that resonates with conversations I've had um, over the last few years with agencies. And I've, I've done, this is not talking about me, this is a podcast talking to you, but but... Um, I've done a bit of how uh, training around for agency account handlers about how to charge for discovery, and sometimes the question is, why would we want to do that? It's kind of, you know, we just we take the brief and we run with it. I mean, not of course, I'm not saying it's every agency; it's not, it's not at all. But it's always a, that always brings me up short when you get that 
pushback from from folks just saying we've seen some stuff that you can do you can help us on and because i'll send them almost like a menu list of the things i can help them with and when we start talking about discovery they say we're fine we don't we don't charge for that we want to win the work and we don't want to charge the client for that so that's just bundled into everything else we're going to do but as you're saying to try and set a really good direction from the start you've got to put put the work into having everything I'm gesturing on my, my desk. You would have laid out in the workbench. You've got to pull in everything that you need to pull in as an expert. It's not really for kind of, even though they're good account handlers, to decide what's important and what's not and what's going to happen. I have started trying to fix the problem slightly. Um, I deliver agency training and it used to be just on creative brief writing. Right. And I realised that upstream was the problem because if, if you are an account manager or a planner, if you've not got the right insight, it's really hard to write a good brief because how do you write a proposition from that? Yeah. So you're now. Are you selling that onto them, and, and are you finding any resistance from that, or is it is it something that the that lots of agency folks realise that there's a need for? Um, well, I'm training these account execs, account managers, account directors right. to get better at that stage when yeah. they have to do it themselves. As so often they do. Yes. And the kind of tips and tricks I've learned over the years to make that a bit easier, but also to know at what point they they can look at a brief, and go, oh no 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 no, I'm going to need some help with this to be able to flag up that need. So although um, generally like group account directors, can, can, when I say, actually, I think this is two pieces training, they go, oh, yes, of course it is. Great. Yep, book it in. Yeah. At least I'm kind of planting those seeds That's all over the M62 corridor. Do you think there's, um, sticking with account handlers, a kind of a move more nowadays to try and train folks up? Or do you think there's still, slightly loaded question, Still a bit of like for account execs, we're really busy, jump in here and just learn as you go. So account directors don't always have the time to mentor them, or do you think it's getting better? I was actually talking about this the other day. I'm very lucky that I'm working with agencies at the moment. I've got a really good relationship with them. We can have these kind of kind of more strategic industry yeah. conversations yeah. at the end of yeah, meetings right. and it's stuff. Right it's, yeah. it's, it's great. It's the things you would have talked about in the kitchen, and now yeah. you can't because we're all at home. Yes. Um, and our take on that was that very much people have been recruiting project managers because they needed to be able to push the work through. They needed to be good at print or Basecamp or Slack. They needed to be great at digital. And the art of account handling itself yeah. has slightly been lost. And now I'm seeing a lot of agencies scrambling to upskill their teams yeah. because they want to grow the accounts and have that more strategic relationship with their clients. And they have account execs and account managers who are becoming very, very efficient paper pushers. Yeah. And the gap between account manager and account director is becoming ever greater. Is, obviously, not yeah. all agencies, not all no, account no, handlers no. in those agencies, but definitely there's a skills gap there. I've been writing yeah. outrage blog posts for the last five years, and it's all about like, just pick up the phone, yeah. talk to your client, go on the factory tour. I've been working with a house builder who's trying something new with the development, and it kills me because we've been shielding that I can't go out yeah. and jump up and down on this muddy field and actually get a sense of where yeah. it is yeah no substitute for it, is it well hopefully we'll be out there soon doing stuff like that i hope oh yeah um, i don't know if, if we've explored that area in terms of the right time to bring in i'm just looking at it now i think that the um i mean there uh, is a, it's a, early getting in early as you're saying otherwise it's hard yeah. to have complete value so yes and whether that is the methodology of how you're actually going to do it yeah or going ahead and gathering the information but the same applies to the kind of point at which I often get booted off projects for, I'm quite sure for budget reasons, you've written the deck or you've even written the brief and that's like, great, thanks very much, bye, send us an invoice. 
And yet in an agency, so much of my role would be not account handling that creative through, but having that slightly more helicopter view of, does this work meet the brief? Will it resonate with the target audience? Is the proposition still there? Yeah, that's really um, surprising in some ways that you <laughs> sort of brought back in, even if, if whichever agency, and yeah, budget's always, you know, profitability is, is um, should be really important for all agencies. Separate sideline conversation, sometimes it doesn't seem to be, but but you would think that there'd be, even if there's a gap for you, there'd be some kind of check-in stage or stages for the same larger project. Two or three hours at a time. Yeah. Um, and is it just resistance? And if you sort of raise that and sort of say, you know, kind of, do you want me to come back to you in two, three weeks or whatever, whenever, do you just get resistance to say, no, we can handle it from here, thank you? Or what's the... I think you've actually made me realise, I think some of this is project managing versus account handling. Yeah. Oh, that's done. Yeah. Great. We finished that bit. We yeah. can move on. It's looking down the Gantt chart. So there's no room for you, Gemma. You're not there. We haven't <laughs> got you. So um, how can we bring you back in? No one's allowed for it. Yeah, that's a, yeah. But there is that, that is the account handling thing of having the wider view. You said it, the helicopter view. You know, mm. good account handlers will have a helicopter view and, be, and almost running the line constantly and just thinking, have we got everything covered? Who's doing what? I mean, that makes me sound a bit like I'm being precious and I want to be involved end to end in every single project, which isn't the case. I love it when an agency gives me a small, easily completable task. How do you overall feel that the the world of or the structures of agencies has changed, if at all, since you started out working in agencies oh. now supporting them? Uh, it's an enormous question because there's every shape and model of an agency. But is there any general kind of area? Do you think they're more collaborative, less collaborative? more about just getting results, more about just creating content and not thinking about the results I, behind them? I think where they're coming from has differed because when I started, which was 98, it was all about integrated, got to be bigger, got to be bigger, got to yeah. do everything, got yeah. to get all the budget. And then specialists started popping up who quite often had left integrated agencies to set yes. up their own specialist arms. And yeah. that started getting more fragmented. And then, of course, if you're taking a more strategic view, the clients are going, and this is a quote from campaign, why is it my job to herd all these cats? But also, we've been seeing for, I mean, gosh, I wrote about this in a university essay in like 97, but um, the um, network economy type businesses, we used to call them, but essentially the agency and friends model, yes. which is what Amelia Tarot, who has an agency and friends business called Thornbreak Collective, right. called it years back. Yeah. Um, when she was at VCCP. And um, the idea is basically you have a core of the founders. Um, there might be a strategic thinker in there. They'll probably be like a part-time FD. And there'll be project managers or account handlers around that. So you've probably got like maybe eight people in a room. Yes. And apart from that, it is trusted friends, in inverted yeah. commas, yeah. freelancers and subcontractors that they really trust and know can, yeah. know can do a good job. I worked with one agency where they only used freelancers who'd been head of department because oh, part of their yeah, USP to the clients was you're getting the best brains, not yeah. the available brains. That's a really nice proposition as well, isn't it? That we care enough about you. I haven't ever come, I've come across all kinds of models, of mm. course, but not, not that um, proposition itself. That's a really good approach. Um, and you're right. I think the trusted friends or trusted advisors or specialist partners, I the, the think the, it is quite a good sell for agencies to say we can't take all this overhead in-house. Um, we can't herd our own cats to that extent, so we'll bring in the people we need to. Um, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard across that. And that. that's just a well for them because it's a good. <laughs> in terms of standout with what eighteen. 
thousand, twenty thousand, and I don't know if you know the number. The numbers vary. Of what is an agency in the mm. UK? Just in the UK, eight say eighteen to twenty thousand agencies. You've got to have something that that stops in today's parlance the scroll of the client yes. checking for a pitch list or whatever. They go, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, yeah, from a freelancer's yeah. point of view, that's a joy because all the people I work with coming up through my career. Are nearly all now freelance because we've all realized it gives us a better balance yes. and more yeah. interesting work so yeah. i get to work with everybody i love working with yeah. just on a freelance basis and that's so much more efficient as well because there's that shorthand particularly with creatives where i know how i can talk to say steve and he knows how i work and you cut like hours out of the job because yes. you're on that wavelength so on that, 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 that a thought occurs on that as you're saying that. How um, how do you do that kind of initial dance, if you want to call it that, with a new team? So if you're brought into a new agency, new client for you, and they've got an established creative team, so they've got the um, creative director or whoever it might be, um, or a partnership, do you have to quickly try and get to that shorthand or do you have to find that you have to explain your wares? I guess if they're really experienced, they understand what you're about, but... Do you ever get any resistance being brought in because they might see that they do the thinking? Oh, it's it's different in every single agency. The agency culture has such an impact on how freelancers are treated. Mm. Um, I started working with a Manchester agency last year who just like brought me into the fold in a massive hug. Yeah. And a, a complete like, you are part of the team. What do you need to do better work? And, you know, and everybody is mutually respectful and it's just lovely. Yeah, that's a nice, joyous experience. But equally, you know, sometimes you'll end up on a job and um, the creative weight of percent that work back, the account handler will. And you're like, well, this is quite detached. Yeah, that's it. And, and so, I mean, if we're being really honest, is that because the culture for some of the agencies is that the, the creative guys are so busy doing their thing that they don't want to talk to their freelancer in the room? So you're not giving the... And it isn't about arrogance or being precious or anything, but you're maybe not for them afforded the um the respect i suppose for you know no i mean i quite often find though that if i can get in front of the cd assuming it's a small to medium-sized agency and we can have a chat and we know what we do and how we're going to work on this project then everybody else is like oh great yeah yeah we get it now she's going to need to see that because the cd thinks she's a relevant person so sometimes you can wiggle around it and yeah, you know, you, become you, part of the CDs universe yeah. temporarily on the project, which is a positive. And yeah, I found CDs are really, because they're so used to freelancers. Mm. They're normally really collaborative, really supportive. So it's more that the account handlers or project managers, um, n- not that they're being pressured at all, but they're just trying to move on to the next thing. They don't want to spend too long talking around a subject. They want to um, get what you do and move on, or how does it? I wouldn't even... I don't think that's entirely fair. I think it's perhaps more that they are being trained to move from A to B to C to D. Okay. Yeah. But I would say I work with so many amazing account handlers as well. You know, empathetic, intuitive, strategic, could do half my job if they tried. Yeah. That's some great. There are. I, mean, I think as an industry, there's some, there are, um, there's all kinds of folks make up the, mm. the agency world, isn't there? Or, or the, the communications industry in general. But, um, but, yeah, you come across some amazing folk. I guess it is. It's more that the system started to talk back to that thing about profitability and time management. And that's a whole subject there about how much time is allowed on a project that maybe that that almost trains people to just move on quickly onto the next thing and get it out the door. Uh, and, um, even we, if you're not going to get the best results, maybe long yeah. term. 
And we know that it can work. And going back to the old integrated model, if you think about Polters, they had enormous clients that were pushing through insane amounts of retail work, of shopper activation stuff, yeah. um, of on-trade. And yet there was still a real sense that planning was and strategy was at the heart of that business and that creative was incredibly important. Yes, yeah, it was. It and was- I'm not quite sure what their secret sauce was. And obviously it wasn't the perfect agency because it's no longer with us. No, but there was a real sense there that stuff like that mattered. Is there, um, is there anything you see as like a common, in your experience with agencies, common mistakes that agencies make? Is it around that thing trying to rush through projects without spending due care upstream as you described it? Or is there other things that you see? I, I would say that the biggest mistake agencies make with freelancers is forgetting that freelancers talk to other freelancers. Yes. So yeah. if you, I mean, yeah. the, the obvious biggie is pay your bills on time. For God's sake, I'm doing something that a staff member would otherwise do and you pay them on time. Mm-hmm. So that'd be the biggie. But also, you know, um, don't bring them in too late. Um, keep your promises. Respect people's diaries because they're probably working another work at the same time. You know, don't seagull all over the work at the end, but collaborate throughout because that's going to result in a better outcome. Yeah. Really basic, like looking after human beings stuff. Yeah. But there is, you know, freelancers talk, there is a kind of a mental black book of agencies that are nightmares to work for. Yes. Agencies that don't pay their bills. And those agencies must find it a lot harder to get good freelancers. Yeah. Very often folks will just make themselves either not available or potentially drag their feet or mm-hmm. it's very hard to kind of up your rates. But I, I can, again, no names or patriarch. I can think of a couple of conversations with folks who've upped their rate just to almost, if the work comes in, they know there's a pain factor because they're going to have to wait a long time to get paid. Mm -hmm. And also you talked about that kind of experience as a freelancer inside the business. Obviously, the more kind of appreciated you feel and the more looked after you are, the better your work is. Well, not just, you know, red carpets and rose petals. Having somewhere to work that's like a nice flat surface in a relatively quiet place and like, you know, help yourself to tea and coffee and there's the biscuit tin. Yeah. You know, and we're going out for lunch. Do you want to come with us? I mean, that's massive to a freelancer who's working on their own, especially post-pandemic coming back into the world. Basically, what? the thing is just behave like nice human beings and the human beings you're employing as freelance will do even better work for you. Yeah, that's a really good, really good point. Um, I have a couple of agencies who, as I said, will give me lovely, small, easily completable pieces of work that they know I can just slot in and amongst. Yes. And that's a joy because it's things like, the client has given us a 20-page brief and somewhere in there is the problem we're trying to solve. And frankly, none of us have got the time or inclination to wade through and work out what it is and where we should start looking to solve it. And I can happily spend an afternoon doing that so and come just, out with something because I can focus. Yeah. Now, is that? I'm really bad for trying to think of analogies all the time, but that's that's the kind of panning for gold, isn't it? You're, I call it nugget hunting. Okay, yes. right. Okay, right. I might have subconsciously read that on one of your blog posts. I don't Probably, think yeah. I might have done, but yeah, as soon as you were so saying Those that, nice, nice little time. bits. I can see yeah. a lot of agencies think it's not worth getting a freelancer in for that. Yeah. But to get it off the group account director's desk. Yes. And get it done and get the project moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's, and I'm quite happy to do that. Give it back. Have a lovely time. Good luck. That's, that's experience as well, though, because you... you Although you're saying you might spend an afternoon on it, you're, you know, when you spot something, you know that it's something yeah. to pursue. Um, and I guess even if there's time, if it's a less experienced account handler, so maybe an exec or a manager, until they kind of get their eye their in, a bit, get their eye in, yeah, they're, they're not necessarily going to spot the things, pattern recognition or, um, as you were saying, nugget spotting, 
they're not necessarily going to spot the thing that they, you know, might not stand out to them. So that's a good selling point for you as well, I guess, isn't it? That you've, you've got the eye to do that. <laughs> I've never described it like that, but I do quite like it. But yes, so it's not just big projects. Yeah, Freelancers can be very helpful for just a half a day or a few hours. Yeah, I think, well, I guess in a way it's, it's analogous to agencies, the way they work, that you're sometimes, I, I remember once, I think I nicked it from somebody, but drawing a diagram, working with some new business guys to say, we can have some, it's the things that are the big rocks in a jar, isn't it? If we can mm. have some really big projects and then some medium-sized ones. And then as you're saying, those really small projects that we can just slot in and we'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll make some money on them, but it will help us just overall from the point of view of like keeping the team fresh and ticking mm-hmm. over. You mentioned, um, I know um, it's early days and you, 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 there's probably NDAs involved, so you can't say much, but I'm just being very nosy. <laughs> so you're, so, I can see where this is going. Yeah, so as well as the, the, the working with the M62 corridor, just saying, um, you, you're, you're making forays or you've actually started picking up some stuff in London. Um, and again, not looking for names or anything because you can't talk about it, mm. but how, from your point of view, I guess your skill set and your brain can travel. So does it... Is it something you've not wanted to do much of before because of the, the logistics of it? And why are you looking to do it now? Um, it's kind of been the silver lining of COVID, particularly because we've, been, we've only just finished shielding from the beginning of March last year. Right, okay. And yeah. so I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I started to get approached first by networks outside London and then by London networks. So we know there's kind of a brain flight out of London. Yeah, yeah. But he seems to literally be leaving some agencies under-resourced at the moment, or maybe just clients are going pitch-centric. But, yeah, um, yeah it's been great for me because, you know, I can, I'm on the books at a couple of the networks, which is great because when something suitable comes up, yeah, that is I get a call. And you're... Um, other than- but they, the downside is they are bigger projects. Right. And they're longer projects, so I can't always fit them in because I've got all my M62s, which tend to be a day here a week and two days a here week and it spreads over six weeks and it's perfect for me because I normally have two or three or four going on at the same time just like you would in-house as an agency planner but you can't drop all that to do three solid weeks no but would you ever a thought occurs to me and this is this is almost the this is a a conversation occasionally with with freelance compadres who almost find themselves becoming not agencies, but if they if, if it's something that they're looking at doing, not saying no to larger pieces of work, they almost become a consultancy, as in with one other person. Have you ever considered that, like growing what you do to being more of a um, a, a brand in itself, mm-hmm. whatever you might want to call that? But have you looked at that, or is it just you you, you much prefer being an independent sole operator, hired gun? Um, I suppose there's the answer is yes and no to that question. Right. Um, I suppose planners have their own style and their own approach. And mine would be kind of lots of experience, very down to earth, integrated background, yep. have the qual, have the, all the other bits and bobs. Yep. Um, whereas someone else might have had a really heavy client background and be coming to it from that angle. So our work wouldn't necessarily be the same. Yeah. But saying that, there's another planner I work with who has a both agency and client-side background, and we are each other's I just broke my leg cover. Because oh. she did actually, she she broke something in her back. Oh, and wow. she phoned me one day going, oh, my God, this project's yeah. live. Can you do the call tomorrow? Right. That's a really, well, not, um, I hope they're all right. They're very, it was a few years ago. They're very good, good. now. But, but we do, we do yeah. just have in the back of our minds if something goes horribly wrong, we can pick up the phone. 
that's a, so so it's not a formal model but it's one that you can it's, have yeah it's just it's day. just if um clients or agencies are a bit worried you can say well there is someone else who at a pinch could help out yeah, got you so would your ideal world then be when you're working with an agency that they get to know you they maybe realize that you, you can't always take on those three or four week block bookings but they understand enough about you to be able to bring you into more fluid pieces of work yeah and i'm, and I'm there with one network which is brilliant yeah that's good. Is, i don't get very much work from them because those particular projects can be you know few and far between in that yes. kind of model but it, it is lovely to have that understanding so you're on their bench in effect you're mm-hmm. the yeah. master or their bench to sort of you know use when 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 the right kind of project comes along yeah because i don't want to let my regular agencies down they've been brilliant to me Yes. And I went to go, I'm terribly sorry I'm working for this very important agency. I can't possibly help you. It's just, it's not, it's not playing the game. You talked about maybe sometimes where there's not frustrations, but where you can see where agencies are having to move quickly on things and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to push back on them to, to, to um, help them with the brief or go upstream with them. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of where there are some frustrations working externally. Are there some things that you see with some agencies which are really good patterns? Maybe you've covered this as well, which are, you know, what's great about working with certain agencies. Is it that open and friendly culture? Is it the collaboration with you? Is it them not being afraid of the fact that, you know, you're working on their client, presumably as an NDA? So what is, what's the good stuff about working with agencies that you enjoy? I'd say all of those. Um, I've seen agencies increasingly bringing the client into the process. So you're okay. not presenting yeah. them, particularly because I do a heck of a lot of brand repositioning. Yep. It seems to be a very kind of um, suited, although it's not perfect virtual by any stretch of the imagination, it is very doable. And in that case, you need the client on board because basically you're trying to scrape everything out of their brain yes. and kind of organize it on paper. And so um, having those kind of projects where you're an extended team, I think is, is great for the work and it's great yep. for the agency's client relationship. And often means you go upstream to other areas of the client. So yeah, the, you're talking to COOs and CEOs because, you know, they say, oh, stakeholder interview, go and talk to him. So you get this really good 360 of the business that you wouldn't necessarily if you'd just been given a brief. Yes. Sent yeah. off to do the work. And with it, with that, the agency's got to be um, confident, I guess, that, that you are, well, are you introduced as Gemma from XYZ Agency or are you introduced as this is our strategic partner our consultant friend or whatever terminology mm-hmm. they use which one is it? is it is it both of those and which one works best well the first thing i tell new agencies is, is that i'm the only gemma teed on the internet yeah so if they look on linkedin or the stick my name in, they will find out what i do for a living yeah. so the phrase I normally uses gemma who works with us so it could because it takes two seconds if you're the only one on the web so it's not even just in linkedin oh no like the only living gemma teed in the world that's as fantastic. far as I can tell. You, I mean, thank you, parents, for SEO yeah. purposes. You want to be Mark Kelly, who's there's an astronaut. Uh, <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I mean, so, so many times I've, I mean, not so much recently. I, I think you spotted a couple over the years. But You're the, like the John Lewis of like space es- exploration. Yeah. And I'm guessing that that is the, um, that's by far the most preferable way of working. Just that open and honest approach to say, we're not doing it all in-house. We've got an expert involved with us. I mean, I always talk about our office because I feel like part of the team and it is our office, wherever that office might be, particularly yeah. with my two or three main clients that are, I work for all the time. So I always talk like I'm part of the team because I am. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. I was looking at the, the, the time there. I mean, I've, 
there's so much we've covered. We could, in truth, we probably <laughs> do a, a panel session. I might even do a panel session with some folks maybe at the end of all of this because we could probably talk for a whole day on all things agency models. And, I know, and, like, well, when I was young. Yeah, I know. Well, it's trying so hard not to do that. Oh, back in the day. <laughs> I almost said back in the day at one point, like, let's not go there. <laughs>